Maseches Bava Kama has been graciously dedicated by Reb Tzvi Reisman and family, the Ilui Nishmas, his esteemed father, Harav Yehoshua Heschel Reisman, Zecher Tzadik Levracha. May the Torah studied through this volume be an Ilui to his Neshama. The center can be reached for dispute resolution and many other halachic services at 888-485-VAD or at the halachacenter.org. The following shear has been presented by Hagoyin Rav Shalom Kavanetsky, Rosh Yeshiva of Yeshivas Philadelphia, and is brought to you by the Beis Havad Halacha Center. The Mishnah starts off, Arba Ovis Tzikin Hashor Vahabur Vahamavid Ahedet. There are four main categories of Tzikin. The first one being the Shor, an ox. As the Gemara explains, what it includes the Habur, someone who digs a pit, a hole, the Hamavid. Is questionable to Machlekes Rabbi Shmuel, as explained soon in the Gemara. The head of the fire. These are the five, four main categories of Mazikin. The word Mavet, as we mentioned, is an argument between Rav and Shmuel. Rav says Mavet is the Odom. Mavet talks about an Odom Hamazik, a person who does damages, destroys someone else's chafetzim. He's liable for what he's done. Shmuel explains Mavet being the Mazik of shame. Mazik of an animal that eats, it enjoys what it does, it looks, it rummages about, and it finds food in someone else's possession, someone else's domain, and eats. The question becomes, what then is sure? Rab tells us sure is Bechal Mila the Shor, it includes Karen, Shane, the Regal. Karen being an ox that gores, Shane being an animal, as you mentioned, that eats, and enjoys what it does, and Regal being an animal that saunters along, and as it walks, it destroys the items that are underfoot. Mavin is Odom. According to Shmuel, Shor, the Maskona Sagimor refers to Shor the Ragloi. And Shor talks about an animal that destroys items under its foot as it walks along. Mavin talks about the Mazik of Shane, the animal that eats and enjoys what it does. Let's for a moment approach the Mishnah, excluding the Mazik of Odom. Odom, in our eyes, is simple to understand. The person breaks something does an action, he's liable, he's culpable. The Pasa clearly tells us that a person that destroys someone else's animal, destroys someone else's chayfetz, something that belongs to us, a friend, he's obligated to pay for the damages he's done. That we understand. We all understand his personal responsibility and liability that comes along with any action that we'll do. The Gemara indeed tells us, Adam Mu'ad we generally have the responsibility that goes across the board. As much as, as careful as we can be, as we must be, we can't be careful enough. And we carry the responsibility to pay for the damages done by our own actions. On the other hand, Shmuel tells us the Mishnah doesn't discuss Adam HaMazik. According to Shmuel, we say, or Shmuel talks about one, one item, one destruction done by, by the animal, and Mava talks about the animals doing destruction by way of eating. Let's try our best to understand what the responsibility of a person is for the animal that damages. On one hand, we see, this is your animal. You carry responsibility to things that you own. Make sure that damages don't fall out or don't ensue, don't, are not born out of the things that you own. Simply. You have a responsibility for the things that you do yourself. You can't break someone else's item, and if you do, you are liable. And at the same time, the Torah tells us that if you're not careful with watching your animal, 
and damages fall out of the fact you didn't watch an animal, you're responsible for that as well. But it gives us reason to pause for a moment. There's a concept in Mazik, which is the entire discussion here about the Kana. There's a concept known as Groma Benizokin. Groma meaning something which is not direct cause, it's indirect cause. There's no proximate cause between the action I've done and the damages that have followed. For example, the Gemara in the beginning of the sixth phrase gives us a very simple understanding. A person who is opens the gather before I go to my friend and I open up the back fence and I allow his animal to walk out and do damages. What I have done is nothing more than taking away the shmira, taking away the garden. It was guarded by a fence and I opened that fence and allowed the animal to come forth and do damages. Am I responsible for the action the animal does? No. It's groma binizakim. Indirectly, by my removing the shmira, taking away the fact that this animal was guarded, I have allowed the animal to cause damages. Groma binizakim is not, I'm not chayiv dinayodah. The Bezdin cannot take me and hold me liable to pay off the losses that were incurred because of my grumble. If that's the case, my own animal should be the same. I was not careful with watching my animal. The door was left open. The animal walked out and did damages. So if I point the finger to myself and say, you carry responsibilities, I understand the responsibility for what I've done myself. Indeed, I'm chayiv to pay. I'm liable. But if I'm not careful with watching my animal, why should I have that, that responsibility? This is what the Mishnah tells us. The Torah was mechadish. Tells us a new Allah, a new liability that I am indeed chayim. I have a responsibility to see to it that my animal does not do damages. Looking at it this way, we point a finger to the Adam. The person has a responsibility. He's responsible, A, for the things that he cannot do himself, and B, he's responsible to see that his animal, the animal that he owns, that does damages, he there too has to see to it that he pays, he carries liability for the damages done by his animal. And the Torah is mechadish that you have the chiyah for the animal that does damages. We understand that although Groma bin Izakin is still part of the Dinayodam, this is some of the Torah was mechadish. But looking at this in context, we're focusing on the person. And we say the person has two ways of carrying that liability. Either with what he does personally, or what he causes through what he owns personally. Because this is his mamayim, hamazik, this is, the, this is the animal that he owns, he carries the responsibility to see to it that it is guarded, it's heated, it's watched, and no damages fall out of the animal. And if he was paishea bishmirasai, he was negligent in watching that animal, that's sufficient and that's enough to say that he carries liability for the damages that followed. One way of understanding this. The Gedoyim say there's another way of understanding this as well. Based on what we said till now, we focus on the Adam and we say the Adam has two types of responsibilities. Himself, the things that he may not do, or the things that he's high to pay if he indeed does do those things. And he also has the responsibility to what he owns, that damage should not fall forth from the, to come forth from the things he owns. Not what he does, but what he owns, and he's not careful in watching and heeding and making sure that doesn't happen. We can understand this differently. The Torah said, a person is high for the things he does, that's understood. The Torah also tells us that if an ox, an animal, does hezekos, there is a chiv that follows from there as well. 
There are two oifanim, two different ways of describing an act, a maizamazik. There's a maizamazik shel ha'odon, and there's a maizamazik shel ha'behema. They both carry liabilities. Now we understand that the animal cannot be held responsible for the destruction that it does. We understand simply that an animal, although we'll say it's considered a maizamazik, an animal does indeed carry a liability per se, not per se, it's kivyachal, so to say, so to speak, that there's a chiyuv that follows the action the animal does. But who's hired to pay for that? The owner of the animal. Again, to focus and understand the distinction between the two tzadim, we can either see the animal as one that does a maizamazik, that the Torah says, this maizamazik is a liability that has to be paid for. If this animal that does a maizamazik has an owner, the owner has the chiyuv, has the achrayis, carries the responsibility to pay for that maizamazik. Notice, the word watching, or guarding, or heeding, wasn't mentioned. Simply put, the Torah says there's a maizamazik known as behemo hamazik, mama in hamazik. That's an act of, of hezik, of damage, that the owner of the animal has to do, has to pay for. Then there's the odom hamazik. He's responsible, he's high to pay for the damage that he himself does. And it's a very clear distinction. The mom in Amazik does the action which is Mechaya, the animal, quote-unquote. Then we have the Maisa Mazik of a person, which is Mechaya of him personally. Understandably, the animal doesn't pay, cannot pay for the things he's done. The terrorist says, you, owner of the animal, you'll carry the liability the animal, per se, has done with the, anim- the damages that it's done. Let's understand this in a clearer sense with an afkimina, just to see what this does for us. On the first side, on the one hand we understand that the achrayas to the owner is what he has to do with the animal. He has to watch the animal. And being being negligent in watching that animal, that carries the responsibility. As we said before, the focus is on the person. What have you done to make sure your animal doesn't do damages? You have been negligent. You haven't been careful in watching that animal. You pay for the damages that have followed. On the other hand, we focus, the second side, we focus on the animal. We say the animal has done an action which is really mechayim. There's a need to pay for the action the animal does. The owner carries that liability, carries that responsibility. But for a moment we pause and say, if the owner has indeed watched the animal, he can't be liable. If he has not been Pesheh Bishmiro, he wasn't negligent in watching the animal, so then we won't hold him liable for the actions that the animal has done. So the Rafkimino is very clear. What would be in a case where the animal did damages, and which is clear, that's authenticated, that we have testimony from witnesses telling us that the animal indeed did a Maisa Hezik, did an act of damage. However, a question has been brought up as to whether or not the owner did a good job of being Shaymer. Understandably, the owner claims, I've watched it, I've guarded it, I did exactly what I had to do, and some unforeseen circumstance has removed my guarding, my watching it, and it went and damaged. Therefore, I am putter. The nizik, the one who suffered the damages, says, no, nothing doing. I don't believe for a moment that you watched it the way you should have. These are not unforeseen circumstances. You are negligent in your watching the animal. And that's why you're chayef to pay. You're liable for the damage that the animal did to me. On the first side of the shayla, 
on the one hand. If you tire Achrayis to the owner of the animal, his liability is Shmira. As long as we haven't proved the fact that he was negligent in that Shmir and watching it, he has no liability. So in that case, the Nizik, the one who suffered the damages, has to bring the Raya. Allah love Yisraeliya. He has to find the proof to extract the payment from the Mazik, from the Bala After all, as long as he doesn't prove that the Mazik, the Bala was Peshea Bishmiras Behemtoy, was negligent in watching that animal, there is no Khir. On the flip side of this, the other hand, if we say that the action of an animal is something which carries a liability per se, but there's an ability for the owner of the animal to remove himself from that liability by saying, I've watched it, I've done what I have to do. In that case, if we have confirmation that this animal did indeed do a hezek, it caused damages, the facts on the ground are there, there is a liability, and the owner of this animal carries that liability. And the nizik, the one who suffered the damages, has the right to say, you owe me money. To that, the Bala Behema, the mazik, has to prove that he did indeed watch it the way he should have. Because now it's a question of him getting himself off the hook, of having himself removed from the liability by proving Shmira. After all, the liability is dependent kalkulay on the action of the animal. So just to make this clear once more, we understand if we understand that the chiyuv of mazik, the liability for a person's animal damages, is dependent on what we call e-shmira, lack of being watched by the owner of the animal, at that point, until there's proof to that, we can't touch, we can't touch it. And the nizik, the one of some of the damages, has to prove the fact that indeed the owner of the animal was pashab shmiras behemta, he was negligent in watching the animal. If, however, the other side of the shadow, Take a look and we see the animal did an act of damages. The animal is a clear mazik. And you own this animal. You, Bala Behema, have to pay for the mazik, for the hazekas, for the damages the animal caused. If you'd like to get yourself exonerated, you want to get yourself off the hook, at that point, I'll have mazik l'haviraya. And the nizik has every right to say, you owe me money for the damages done. Because after all, what holds, what carries the liability is... The Maiser Mazik of Behemoth Chaveri. Your animal to damage, you have a khuif to pay. Let's understand a few more points with these two possible studies in understanding the parish of Mazik. The Mishnah continues. And the Mishnah says, Loi hare hashor kehare hamave, the loi hare hamave kehare hashor. As mentioned before, there's a machlaik is Rabbi Shmuel of how to understand the word mave. And understandably, that would be a difference in how we understand the Mishnah. But for simple, for simplicity's sake, let's understand the Mishnah with Shmuel. The entire discussion here is a discussion of Mamayin Hamazik. The discussion is not Odom Hamazik, but Mamayin Hamazik. There's something about Shor, which is special. And at the Torah written Shor, we'd be unable to learn Mavit from that. The Gemara, the Gimelom Abayz understands Shor being Karen and Mave being Shem. He says, Loi Hare Hashor Kare Hamave, Loi Hare Hamave Kare Hashor. And as Rashi explained, if the Torah would have written one of these two Mazikin, we'd be unable to glean and to learn with the Limud the second. 
because there'd be something unique about the Mazik the Torah does say you're reliable for, and we'd say we'd be unable to say from that to derive another Mazik. So it would be, Loi Harei HaMavit, and the Gemara tells us as follows, Loi Harei HaKeren She'ein Hanol LeHazekoi, Let's just dwell on those, for those words for a moment. If the Torah would have written Karen, Karen meaning, Karen meaning an ox that gores, it has no pleasure from what it does. It just gores because it has the cheshek to gore. It desires to damage. It wants to hurt another animal. If the Torah would have told me that, I'd be unable to derive the magic of shame the mazik of an animal that eats for its pleasure and enjoyment from the mazik of Karen. The reason being, Karen has no hanoo. So for some reason or another, that's understood for why you're high, why you're liable. Shane, on the other hand, has hanoo, and you can't carry a liability for a mazik that has hanoo. Why is that? Taisa says a few words near the Gimel base, but simply put, this is the explanation posed by Blazer, he tells, he explains as follows. If we view mazik as the shmira element, that is to say, a person carries a liability if he has to watch the animal, and he doesn't watch the animal. We say as follows. Karen isn't driven by its impulse to eat. It's driven by its impulse to do damage, which is very rare and far in between. But its impulse to eat is something constant. The animal is always driven to eat. To which we say, the Torah says, you know something, you carry a liability of making sure, watch that animal, that it doesn't damage with its horn, it doesn't gore. But when it comes to eating, we realize it's so difficult to put restraint on an animal because it's always driven to eat. We can't hold you responsible. You're not culpable. An interesting story. There we focus in totality, on the element of Shmira. The Torah says, you're liable for not watching something which is possible to be watched. But we understand that there are certain cases of an animal which is simply difficult to eat. You can't watch this animal because the animal is driven by its natural impulse of eating to go on. It's very difficult to control an animal from doing the damages. And that's why you don't hold the culpability. And the Gemara goes on and says the other side as well. Mave is not like Shor, which means shame that has no kavana to be mazik, as the Gemara explains. There's no intent of damage, it just wants to eat. If the Torah would have said that, you'd have reason to believe that's chayim. It's not like Karen Shekavanosulahazik. And again, we could deal with Svaris, with logic which is based on Shmira. And we'd say as follows. Had the Torah written Shane, we'd say, well, Shane is just a question of controlling it from eating. Its impulse to eat is a normal impulse. But if the animal is suddenly driven to an abnormal impulse to go and to destroy, oh, that's very difficult to watch. You can't control an animal once it's lost its temper and it wants to go do damage. So again, the Torah would say, you're chayiv, you're liable for Shane, but not for Karen. It's hard to watch, it's hard to guard. All this back and forth in the Mishnah is clearly based, it's predicated on the fact that what holds a person culpable and liable for damages done is dependent on the element of what we call e-shmira, not being careful. And as we said before, although it sounds like a grama benizokim, it's only indirect cause, but the Torah says, if you indirectly cause damage by not being careful with your animal, 
an animal that belongs to you or you have other responsibilities to it, which is not for now the discussion, but you have other responsibilities that may be sufficient to hold you responsible for the damages caused, although it seems to be an indirect damage. The Gemara, the Abdallah of Manalaf, after having said Pshat and the Mishnah, challenges this by saying, Is it not a Kalvachayimru? Or Mashen She'en Kavanosi Lahazik Chayyot Let's just focus on these words. The Gemara is saying, you just told me that had the Torah said Shane, we'd be unable to derive Kenan. After all, Shane isn't Kavan, it has no intent to do damage, so it's easier to watch. Versus a Karen which suddenly is intent on doing damages, it's very difficult to withhold and see to it that it does not do damages. To which the Gemara counters and says, I don't understand this last piece of logic. There's a simple kalvachaymer here. If we say that an animal that damages by way of no kavon alahazik, there is no intent to do damages, and it's still chayyot, how much more so we'd say that an animal that intends on doing the damage should definitely be chayyot. And again, Ablaza tells her, explains, that the Gemara now changed its approach to mazik and says, no longer do we focus on the element of shmirah or lack thereof, but rather now we focus on the element of mazik. What did the animal do? If the animal intended on damaging, we understand there's more shame mazik to that action. An animal that wants to damage, keren, kavanotil hazik, is all the more reason to say that this is something which carries a responsibility. And of course, the owner that owns the animal pays for the damage is done. To which the Gemara now says, if the Torah were to be mechayev shame, if you would say that shame which has no kavon lahazik is chayov, how much more so we'd say that the action of hezik done by an animal that wants to damage is definitely a liable action, and therefore more mistaber to say, more logical to say that the owner of the animal must pay and carries liability of damages. tells us, simply put, tells us that this very chakira, these two understandings, these two studies of understanding what it is that's Mechaid Momen Amazik is actually a Shakratayr in the Gemurr, Tav Gimel and Beis, and Tav Dalad Then he goes on to explain why there may be possibilities to explain otherwise, but in very simple terms, this is how he understands the Gemurr there. Let's get back to our mission. We understand two clear studies, two clear sides of, of the coin of what it is that the Torah said when it said you're obligated, you owner of this shur, of this ox, you carry the liability for the damages done by the ox. Just to reiterate, either you're chayiv, you're liable because of the ishmira for being not careful with watching it, and you as an adam carry the responsibility for the damages that follow, or we say not because of the ishmira, but rather because of the maizamazik, the hezik, the act of damages done by this animal, gives you full culpability, full liability, because after all, you have the obligation to watch that animal. But it's not the shmira or lack thereof, which is mechaiv you, rather the action of the animal that's mechaiv you. We go a few lines further in the Mishnah, we have the following question. The Mishnah continues after saying the drushes and the ability of learning one from the next. It says, Hatzal HaShavah Shebohen, Shedarkon Lahazik Ushmiroson Olecha. Their way is to do damages, and you carry the responsibility to watch this. The Mephoshim note, 
If we're describing the animal and that everything about the common denominator of these mazikin and why the Torah said you have the liability, the words shmiros and alecha would be somewhat strange if this would not be the, the defining factor of a mazik. Let's explain. On the first side of Rashaylo, the entire Mishnah discusses Momen Hamazik. What is Momen Hamazik? Momen Hamazik is nothing more than a term used to describe the liability a person has for damages that come from his lack of shmira, his negligence in watching his animal. That's what Momen Hamazik means. We could almost say it's Adam Hamazik on a second oif in a different way. In Adam Hamazik could be Mazik be Gufoy. In Adam Hamazik could be Mazik be that's another way the person is mazik, by lack of shmira, by the money he owns, not watching it, not guarding it the way he should, and a hezek ensues, he carries that liability. So the mission makes perfectly good sense. This is definitive. This defines what the mazik is. However, if we were to understand the second side of our shayla, that the mechayim, the liability a person has to pay for his animal that does damage is not because of the e shmirah, the lack of shmirah of the animal, but rather it's his animal that does damage. An animal that damages carries a liability. I say that quote-unquote because the animal can't carry liabilities. The Torah, however, said when that action is done by the animal, there is a chiyuk, which is now incumbent on the owner of the animal to pay he can get himself off the hook by proving, as we said before, that the shmira he watched, the shmira that he did for this animal was complete. And obviously it was an oinus, there was something beyond his control, which at this point makes him not liable. But anything less than that is a liability that comes because of the mom and hamazik, but not because of the e shmira. Then we have a little bit of a shayla. Why must the Mishnah say, is difficult because Shmira is something true. It may be something which is a definitive factor as to whether or not you carry the responsibility, but it's not what defines what Maman Hamazik is. So why then should the Mishnah mention his role? There are a number of opinions that explain to us and say, the Mishnah alludes to something which is a totally different discussion. And it tells us as follows. Till now, what you've talked about is the liability. That is to say, the payment of money you've got to pay for the damages that have followed what your mom has done. What's, however, with the din of Isur? What do we say as far as the, the prohibition? The Isur of one doing damages. We've spoken about the chiyuvim. The Mishnah concludes discussing the chiyuvim, the payment that's exacted from the person that carries the liability. Payments are one thing. What, however, is the halacha with the isur? Let's preface this by saying clearly. Again, the beginning of Akron is the sixth parak in Babakamo that tells us that Groma is also bin Izokin. To cause damage even by way of Groma, indirect damage, is also bin Izokin. That is to say, although the Mishnah discusses the liabilities and payments, we have a right to say 
there's a certain element of Easter. You have the achrayis, the responsibility to see to it that this animal is watched. Once you have that achrayis, the chiyav achrayis, the responsibility, the liability of watching it is important, that may be necessary. That may be, in fact, conditional to see to it that you then carry the responsibility for the meister mazik of your animal. But the Mishnah now discusses iser mazik. So let's for a moment segue from this into a discussion of what exactly is the iser mazik that the Mishnah here discusses. And even the Mishnah here does not mean to allude to the iser mazik. It's clear that there is indeed an iser mazik. That's also bein mitzad odom mazik. And not only that, mitzad dehema mamoyim mazik. There's an iser mazik. What is it based on? The stipler in his first simon on Bavakama has a discussion about the Isra to be Mazik Chaveiru. He starts with the obvious. What comes to mind when speaking about Mazik is Baltashchis. One may not randomly destroy any Chaveiru. There's an Isra Baltashchis if we hold that it includes all objects, all things, even things that are not trees that are growing and fruit producing, as discussed in the Pesach. However, when it comes to Baltashvis, a person may not destroy his own property if indeed it's an Israel Mishum Baltashvis. So that can't be the discussion of Mazik because a person has the right, as far as the laws of Mazik is concerned, to do something to his own property if he chooses to do so. Not only that, when it comes to Baltashvis, if he destroys something for a Tachvis, for a purpose, there may be no Israel Baltashvis. But nonetheless, it may cross the line and evolve the Isra of Mazik anyway. So what exactly is the Isra of Mazik? The tour in Sibin Shin Ayin Ches, the beginning writes, the following Losh. Just like there's an Isra for one to steal, to rob money from his Chaver, so too it's also for him to destroy, or to damage anything that belongs to his friend. And the Mephoshim, the Prisha, the Smadir, and Shina and Ches point out that just like we know in Hilchas Gineiv and Gzela says that it's an Oster to be Goizel or to be Goineiv, even with the intent of paying back, what the Torah alludes to here is the same thing when it comes to Mazik. One may not rationalize and say, I'll damage somebody else's Neches, his other his properties, with the intent of paying. That too is Oster. And the words, simply put, in the Torah would seem to be that the Isser, it's not only a comparison when it comes to the halacha of Goizel, Amunas, the Hagzir, that it's also Oster, but rather the Isser of Mazik would be something included in the Isser of Gzela as well. And indeed, Rabbi Niyayna, in the beginning of Avais, very clearly says that Laisigzel is the lav, is the Isser of when it comes to the discussion of being Oster to be Mazik, Mamun Chaveirin. One may not do damages to his friend because the Torah, after all, says Laisigzo. There's a discussion that follows about the Isra Mazik, clearly discussed in the context of Shlich Ladva Aveiro. We have a discussion in the Gemara, Sugi in Kedushin, Sugi Vavakama later on, that says one may not make a Shlich for some to go ahead and dig a hole to be Kaira Because you run into the problem of Ein Shlich Ladva Aveiro. 
Shliach is doing a Dvar Averi that's talking about Dvar Yisr. It's not talking about liabilities and needs to pay, but rather Dvar Yisr. So we clearly see that somebody cannot be sent in the context of Shlichus to dig a hole for a Meshaleach. Question here whether it's an Isidar Abon or an Isidar Raisa. There's enough Mashmois, the Sugis Agamar and Gitten, that it's an Isidar Atayra. Isidar Atayra again, what is it? What exactly is that Isidar Atayra? We're talking about making a bur, not only a question of an Odom Hamazik, but making a bur in, in the context of digging a hole. What exactly is the Isidar there? Rabbi Chonon Wasimit in Baba Basra in Ois Ayin Vav discusses the issue of making a shliach to dig a hole and he says that the Mishnah tells us that it's possible it's only an Isra de Rabbonon. He wonders about the fact that the Gemara seems to indicate otherwise it's an Isra de Raisa and Rabbi Chonon says of course it's an Isra de Raisa. One may not be Goyim Ahezik, Ibn Yochid Ben Rabmi says, and he quotes the Pasik Vihto Lerecha Kamoicha. As the Gemara tells us the Shabbos, Bakhoma Daloch Sani Lakhavrikhli Sayyvat. Whatever you can't you wouldn't want to have done to yourself, do not do it to your friend. And this is a Yisait of Torah. And he quotes a Ramah. The Ad Ramah and Babasha that says it clearly. Either from the Pasuk of which is something unique to Bor, understandably Lifna'ivah would not be an issue in other places, or from the Pasuk of to which he says is an Isim Le'eraisim when it comes to making a Mazik. And Le'eraisim is something which would include all the Maziki. Nobody would want damages done to himself, even if it would be Al L'Shalem, even if the condition would be clearly that the person is doing the damages with the intent to pay, nobody wants his object destroyed. And because that's the case, we cannot allow Hezik Minatayra. This title though discusses it in another context as well. We have a Pasha of Ashavasaved in the Torah. A person has the obligation to in return a dover with an object which is lost from his khadr. Chazal used the concept of Meshavaveda even when it comes to Hatzolas, Momo, and Chaveiru. The issue not of something which is at this point lost yet, but something which very soon will be lost. And the mitzvah say of Hashavah Sabedi warrants, dictates, that I make it a point to be Matzol, Momo, and Chaveiru. Says the type of a very, very simple logic. If the Torah expects me to save someone else's Momo, in a case, in the event that it may get lost or damaged, you may have a hefsed mama, you may have some kind of loss of money. If one may has the obligation to prevent a loss to be incurred, how much more so a person has the chiyuv not to cause damages l'chaveiru. That is to say that the din of hashavah saveh, the inner of itself is something which is mechai of a person. It obligates me not to do damage to somebody else. So although the context of hashavah saveh is a mitzvah saseh, it's not loisa say of loisigzoy. It's not loisa. It's not the din of. It's not an assay. It's not a loisa. It's an assay. But this assay is mechayiv. It's a din Torah. When a din tells me that I have to see to it not to do damages, not to be mevatel the assay. We are half to the reyach is also an assay. There's a rush which is quoted in the chuvas that says the rochei darchei noya. 
which also sounds like a mitzvah medivre kabbalah, but it's a derech, it's the mahalach atoyro. Also in a say, are all dimei atoyro which warrant, which expect us not to damage chaveri. Rebuchber, Bircha Shmuel, Simon Beis, discusses an interesting rajbah in this blot, based on the base, when the discussion is raised as to what exactly is included in the madrig of Karen. Is Karen talking about a Karen Telusha or a Karen Mechuberes? Is the parasha, the din of an ox that gores another ox, talking about one who gores with a horn attached to its body, a Karen Mechuberes, or a Karen Telusha? An ox, as Rashi describes, takes a horn, puts it in its mouth, and goes with that object in its mouth and gores another animal. The Gemara has a suffix, possibly to say that the parasha of Chatzin Ezek and Ezek Sholem Chatzin Ezek would be talking about a Karen Tlusha, whereas a Karen Mechuberes would be Kula Muedes. The Rajma raises a question there simply, why Kula Muedes? Let's say Kula Tamil. That discussing this at length, the Rajma, interestingly enough, resolves the Shaila and says that Sveika the Isura Luchumra. The suffix and the din of how we were to describe the mazik of Karen, Shara we go Luchumra. Although we know generally when it comes to Mominus, we say Sveika Lukula. Here, the Rajbah invokes the cloud of Sveika the Isura Luchumra. Without going through this extensively, the Birchashmul, the Simebez, explains it in the following context. He makes the Hanukkah Pshuta that when it comes to Mazik, there is indeed an Isser Mazik. In the pasuk that speaks about an Adam that is chayiv, is liable to pay for the hazekas that he does to somebody else's mamain, he invokes the pasuk of Makanevish Be'emel Yishalmeno. In so far that the Torah says he's liable to pay, included in that parsha, included in that din, is the Easter to be mazik ischaver as well. Says he, the same thing is true about mamain hamazik. It says the loishmenu is what he calls an Isser Mazik. It means for Rabchaim that is an Isser for a person to be Pasheh, Mishmiras, Behemtai and allow it to go to Azekos. And the issue then becomes whether we discuss the Isur, the Isurim involved in the Mazik or the liability of Mamanis in the Mazik. Again, without going through the Bukhber extensively, the Bukhber uses these Klolim to understand what the Rajma means to say. Indeed, what we need to know from this Bukhber is that he said, that the Pashas HaToyer that talks about the liability to pay for the Hezekas, for the damages done by an animal, not only includes the liabilities, but it also includes the Easter Mazik, which means an Easter Mazik. And a person has, a, has an Achrayis, has a responsibility to see to it that Hezekas don't follow, don't come from his objects. It's also for him to be Pashayah Bishpir That's the Halacha which is Mechaim the din is the Isramazik that you have there. There's some cipher in Shuvas that says that it's possible that the passing that says is also enough to say a person has the responsibility to see not to cause loss to his chavir. And there too he comes to explain the Rajbo in his Safik. The Torah speaks about the Chiyuvay Mom, the Torah is talking about how a person has to be careful not to end up being liable for these Hazekas, not to have these Hazekas follow or come from the moment that he has and therefore he has to pay for them. So in short, we have a number of possible mekoyers to the din of Isra Mazik. Either we could say it's like Sigzoil, included in the Isra Gzela that the Torah talks about, 
Or we could say it's included in the Din HaShavas HaVeido, the Torah discusses. Or it can be included in the Psukim, that sound like more minor mitzvahs, the Nodom L'Chaveiroi. V'yohavtu L'Reyecha Kamoicho, or D'Rochea D'Archei Noyam, or the lab of Loisam and Adam Reyecha, one has the responsibility to see to it that not only Dam Reyecha should get, like, not get lost, but Mom Reyecha shouldn't get lost. These are the responsibilities. Nafkiminis lahalacha would seemingly be, possibly, in the achrayis that one has to a non-Jew. It's possible, a non-Jew. And maybe even to extend it to somebody who is a mechal shabbos b'farhesya. There may be pturin in the chiyel ashava saveda. There may be pturin when it comes to the din v'yohapta l'reyach ha'kamoicha as well. It may be there's a chisar and reyach. And he has no such responsibilities to be nice to somebody who is a non-Jew or a person who is a Mechal Shabbos Bifrahesio. Therefore, he may not have the same Gedorin, the same Isurin, when it comes to heed, to being careful not to allow damages to happen from his Nechosim to somebody else's. However, if it's like Stigzoil, you know, Gzelas Akum would be Yosur. If this would be a sniff, this would be a branch of the Yisak just like he has responsibilities not to steal mechaveiroi, he too has responsibilities not to steal from a non-Jew or from a mechal shabbos b'farhesio, and there may be an Israel mazik there as well. The Daf Yomi Halacha series has been brought to you by the Beis Havad Halacha Center. To reach the center for halacha consultation, service, educational seminars, or media, please call one eight eight eight. 485-VAAD. That's 1-888-485-8223. To sign up to the BHHJ, the Base Havad's weekly interactive e-journal, please visit www.bhhj.org or you can email us at office at the halachacenter.org.